Welcome to the Wheatful Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Goff, and I'm so excited you're here. I'm an online product shop owner over at Wheat & Honey Co., a business strategist leading women-owned, profitable, and purposeful businesses, and your host here at the Wheatful Woman Podcast. Join us as we have fun and soulful conversation with a bunch of girlfriends pursuing a life full of intention and purpose. We are here to give you space and tools for your holistic wellness journey and hope you leave each episode feeling a bit more full than when you came. All right, Wheatful Women, let's dive in. Today's episode features my girlfriend, Jansen Jolly Miller. Jansen is a marketing consultant, speaker, and freelance writer who helps women pursue authentic lives and create positive change in their everyday routines to reach their unique potential. In addition to her marketing strategy work with female-owned small businesses, Jansen is the founder of Emerge Church Solutions, a church consulting firm helping small and medium-sized churches uncover new opportunities to connect with more people. Here's my conversation with Jansen. Jansen, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, guys, I am really, really excited and expected for this conversation today. Jansen is one of my dearest friends and definitely a friendship that was kind of a surprise blessing for me. One that came when I least expected it and one that has stuck around and just continued to grow. So I asked Jansen to be a part of our conversation today because she's somebody that has taught me a lot about friendships And it's something that none of the other episodes of this season talk about. So I'm really excited to dive in with you. And what a gift. What a gift that our friendship has been and that we've learned over these last couple of years. And that, honestly, that businesses have brought us closer together. Yeah. Yeah. It all started with business. Mm -hmm. But before we dive in, can you just tell us a little bit about you and your world and your family and your work? Anything you want to share with us? Yeah. Well, I am a marketing consultant by day. I, I've always been in marketing, but I, a couple of years ago, just knew that I was specifically supposed to work with women, uh, specifically female business owners to help their businesses grow. Because my personal life purpose is to help people and organizations pursue growth and reach their full potential. And so I started out just working with female-owned small businesses as a marketing consultant, just as a third party to look at what they do so well and to help them speak that in an authentic way in their brand writing, throughout all of their marketing platforms and the ways that they do that. And what that led to is speaking and writing for women specifically over the topic of authenticity because I think it's so hard for us as women to be truly, truly authentic. But that's where the fruit comes. The fruit always comes when we are being our true, authentic selves, because that's when our fire is there, right? Mm -hmm. And so I saw that really as a business owner. I saw that in being able to help businesses with that authentic piece and then realized, oh my gosh, us as women, if we were all authentic, we we would be unstoppable. And so that's been a big focus of mine with speaking and with writing is 
just really how to uncover that potential and how to grow and how to prioritize personal growth and what we are able to accomplish when we are truly walking out our unique purpose in life and not trying to compare it with somebody else's. So that's been the last couple of years and that's, I've, that's been a blast. I've loved it. And that is truly um, what I was put on earth to do. But the, about the last year, I really looked up and said, okay, the Lord placed on my heart a call to help churches, especially small churches, really pursue their growth potential. And that, of course, being through marketing, that being through just a marketing and event strategy in general of how to find young people, how to create spaces for young people, because that is the next generation of these churches. And that has a lot to do with whether or not they will grow or um, eventually burn out. Mm -hmm. And so that's been kind of a newer thing in my life is launching Emerge Church Solutions. And it has been... Uh, you know, as a business owner, I mean, some days are just the biggest high and some days are like the ultimate low, <laughs> low, but across the board, the Lord has just been so good to just day by day, give me enough strength and enough wisdom to just keep going. And it's being a consultant working for myself is the best job I've ever had. Mm. Yeah. It's such a blessing when you can learn to navigate the high highs and the low lows, how to stay in the middle and how to work really hard, but also learn to take advantage of the freedom. Mm, It's so true. And a lot of that, um, I will speak into this, a lot of that has to do with routine, you know, setting Mm -hmm. ourselves up for success on a daily basis. Uh, When no one's telling you what to do, you better be super disciplined on telling yourself what to do. And so, especially during COVID, you and I have talked a lot about this, but getting back to the basics of, you know, eight hours of sleep, that is like key for me specifically. A lot of people don't need eight hours. I do. <laughs> I need I every minute of it. <laughs> Not alone. And, you know, like prepping coffee the night before, setting up my workout clothes, like just setting ourselves up for success because morning routine to me, and I always talk about this anytime I talk about goals um, or personal growth specifically, morning routine to me is the foundational pillar of my day. And, you know, I have to start with that quiet time you know, really getting my mental space ready, knowing what I want that day to look like in in advance, setting that expectation first and going to the Lord first saying, you know, in so much gratitude, thank you for today. Like I'm going to make a full list of all the things I'm grateful for that that's been a big deal for me. And something that I do right off the bat is that quiet time, the gratitude list. I do a top three Mm-hmm. I do a top three for professional life. I do a top three for personal life. And so at the end of the day, if I'm like, mm, if I get two thirds of that list done, <laughs> I'm a happy gal. <laughs> like yeah. that's a big deal. Um, something else I've started recently is I, I do work out after a quiet time, but always before I start, start my day, I'd watched a documentary on this about the benefits of uh, in being in cold uh, Wim Hof is like a, a big one in how to incorporate cold water into mm-hmm. your into your daily life. So just since about January, I started doing this is that I will end each shower with a minute cold blast, which sounds horrifying. <laughs> it's, it is the worst when you first start it. 
But now, I mean, I haven't missed a day since January and it is so vital to me waking up, to me getting my mind right. And ultimately for me to remember that I can do hard things. Mm -hmm. So that's been, that's kind of what my daily routine looks like before I jump into that full entrepreneur all over the board mode is quiet time, working out, cold shower. (laughs) That's such an interesting concept to me. I watched a documentary recently about cold water and showers, cold showers, and what they do for your mind and for your body. And Michael, my husband has been doing that and he loves it, but I am a hot shower girl. I like being warm. It's soothing to me. So the thought of that ice cold water has not been anything that I've ever wanted to do. But now that you say that, I like the idea of just a minute at the end. Go ahead and just take your shower and then let the cold water hit you. Oof. And I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm always cold. I love the warmth. But to me, warmth is comfort, right? Yeah. And so it really is a way for us to say, we're going to step out of our comfort zone. We can do hard things. And, and I mean, if the water heater ever goes out, you know what? <laughs> we are mentally prepared for it. We can take a, sh- a cold shower. So yeah, that's kind of a day in my life. So one of your consistent messages for women is the importance of seeking that authentic friendship and relationship and authenticity in general. Why are you passionate about helping women build great relationships? Mm. Well, it goes back to high school for me. I, my kind of like my junior, senior year of high school, my best friend who I'd had since the seventh grade when I moved to that town, um, we kind of had a falling out. And over the years, it's funny, Brittany, the racket, the lie that I've been telling myself is that I'm a victim, is that I can't believe, you know, that was her fault and she left me high and dry and oh my gosh, you know, it was just this big lie I was telling myself. And while we were preparing for our conversation, the Lord really brought it to my forefront that I was not a good friend to her. And I thought, wow, how humbling to know that the reason why I'm so passionate about authentic friendships is because I didn't always have a best friend, Mm -hmm. especially in high school and in college. I didn't have that one person who I fully, fully trusted and could tell anything to. I always kind of was like, oh, that's my boyfriend. Well, you're setting yourself up for failure (laughs) because (laughs) if you ever break up and you need somebody to just get in the car and drive around and cry with you, you, you don't have anybody. So mm-hmm. it's, it's always important to have a friend outside of your spouse, outside of your significant other that you can really trust. And I didn't always have that. And so looking back, I realized it's because I wasn't a great friend and I now know what not to do. So after college, something that I, was, I had always told my mom is I, I'm just missing, I'm missing having a best friend. And I I need that person. And so then I really got serious about really thinking, what do I want in a friend? You know, and, and with that, who do I need to be in order to be a great friend to somebody? And it really came down to, and I'm going to overuse this word in our time together, but authenticity. I wanted to be my complete self. And I wanted someone to know me for who I was, to know my secrets, to know my truth, to know my good, bad, ugly across the board. And and I wanted to know theirs and I wanted to do life together. And so luckily for me, 
one of our, one of my college friends that was, you know, kind of friend of a friend, Lauren is, we really stuck together. We kind of saw each other and we were like, you know what? We, we don't want to be mutual friends anymore. We want to be best friends. Mm. And that was when we were 22. And now eight years later, I mean, we've been inseparable. We've been through the ups and the downs all along the way, but it really goes back to the reason why I'm passionate about building great friendships is because I did not always have that luxury. I I know what it's like to be truly, truly lonely and to be missing out and to be looking at other girls who are like, we've been friends since we were five. And I'm like, man, I don't have that. And I want that. And so I just felt that yearning in my heart. One thing that's been cool for me through our friendship is that you normalized that that's a commonality between a lot of women. And when you spoke out and you told me, this is the type of friend I want to be and I want to have, it allowed me permission to be okay and recognize I'm not alone in feeling a void there and wanting that. Wanting people that I can walk with and they know the good and the bad and the ugly and people that are always there for me and people that I can pour into intentionally without being too much but people that want me to check on them and want me to follow up on things and want to just say hello. But also having that understanding that there's not an expectation for that immediate availability, I think. It's this weird balance when you're that authentic with people. You have this mutual understanding. We all have our own lives. We all have our own days. And you don't get quite as hurt if a text goes unresponded to and they're like, oh my goodness, I'm sorry, I was doing all these other things. I'm playing catch up. It's been three days. How are you? And it's this comfortability that we all crave and we're created for, but it's hard to navigate. It's hard to get there. And when you find those people, you and I have said this a lot, when you find those people and you're in a relationship like that, you realize that's what I've always wanted. But when you see it, you recognize it for what it is, but then it also challenges you. Okay. Jansen does that for me. So I want to do that for her too. I didn't realize that that was a good way of showing up for somebody or a good way of setting boundaries or whatever it is within a friendship, but you start to see it in each other. And I think you hit the nail on the head. And that to me is what a healthy friendship looks like is intentionality and honesty. Those are the two things that I, I look for in a healthy friendship is one, that intentionality, knowing that it's going to be a 50, 50, right? That we're both going to put in work, that we both want the same things. We both want a great friendship. We're not willing to just, you know, kind of limp along. We don't want, I don't need any more, you know, people in my networking group or how do people say like, I don't need any more acquaintances. I, if I'm looking for a true, true friendship, I I need to know you are too because Mm -hmm. I need to know that we're both going to put in that work. But then on the other hand too, the honesty that, you know, you share with that person and say, Hey, I'm kind of flaky sometimes during the week, but that does not mean I love you any less. And that does not mean I will not work hard for our friendship, but it's an, it ebbs and flows, Mm -hmm. right? Like we all are in seasons. And so, so long as we know that the intentionality is there and that we can be honest with one another to say, Hey, I know I've dropped the ball. And I know that I've been a little bit spacey this week. And I just want you to know that I'm going to do better. And I'm sorry. 
and and let's work harder. You know, it's just all about being open and not hiding things from one another, no matter what you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when you know that person, when you're walking with that person, it's received in love and it's received knowing Jansen had the purest intentions and in asking that question. So your defenses don't go up. You don't get protective. You don't get frustrated because you know, that person loves you for you. And they're either calling you out in love because they want to challenge you and make you better or they are setting boundaries or having conversations because they know it's going to allow your friendship to thrive more. You don't have to be as protective when you're walking in friendship like that. So I would love to know from you firsthand today, what some of those healthiest friendships look like in your life right now. Mm. Well, definitely, like we said, the intentionality, the effort, um, when I look at my, across the board at the friendships I have now, I just, I, I don't say this is a humble brag. Okay. But like, I have the greatest friends in the world. And I want to say that very clearly and not as a brag because we've worked our butts off for these friendships. I've worked my butt off to find them. I have put myself out there like an idiot to find them. <laughs> And I've seen the fruit of it. You know what I mean? So I, I don't want to say, oh, here's my highlight reel. But man, I'm just blessed with the best friendships. And to me, each of them, while each woman and a few men, <laughs> I have great guy friends too. But when I look at the landscape of those friendships, the one tie is the effort. Because to me, I have been in friendships that, don't have that effort. It's very one-sided. And to me, once you start seeing what a healthy friendship looks like, where two people are putting in effort, you care about one another, you don't hide things from one another, you don't feel like there's gossiping or backbiting happening, and you really feel like you can be your true self around someone, once you see what a healthy friendship looks like, you will know what an unhealthy friendship looks like. I mean, it's just it will stand out like a sore thumb. It's crazy. And so, like I said, just going back to that, the healthiness of it, if you can really be yourself around somebody, if you can trust someone to know that they are holding your words with respect, that mm -hmm. they're not running off and telling people what you tell them, that maybe, you, maybe you'll still have a vulnerability hangover a little bit after you tell them some things, but it's not enough to, you know, make you really insecure about whether or not that information will be shared, you know, because we're all going to have vulnerability hangovers when we share our crap with other people. Mm -hmm. But a, a healthy friendship means I can have that vulnerability hangover, but I really know deep down that information's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so the effort, the honesty, and just the trust. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I'm really challenging myself with right now in all of my relationships is paying attention to how those people receive love. Mm. And I know that the Enneagram is huge and love languages, and we've learned about all these different things, but I'm really trying to pay attention to the way other people love me and try to give them love back in that way. Because a lot of us 
nurture our relationships and the way that we want to be nurtured. And there are some people that are just really good at picking up on love languages and Enneagram types. And they know, okay, Brittany's words of affirmation. So I'm going to do this or this person's quality time. But what I'm finding as I'm paying more attention to this is most of us love other people naturally and the way that we want to be loved. Mm-hmm. And paying attention to that is a game changer within relationships because I have a girlfriend that point blank told me, I love that you love words. And I love that a text message or a voice memo means a lot to you, but it doesn't mean anything to me. And when she first told me that, my immediate response was, well, that was rude. She is one of my best <laughs> friends. I got to put a disclaimer out there. She was a bridesmaid in our wedding, but... I thought, man, that was a little harsh. Could she not have said that differently? But it has stuck with me in such a way that I've realized we are good enough friends that she can tell me, if you want to text me, that's fine. But the way that I want to spend time with you is in person. I would rather take a walk with you once a month than you text me once a week. And I've learned that about her. I've learned she wants to be in the flesh together. And that's how she feels loved. And she's learned about me, hey, a text every once in a while, or it goes longer for me. But knowing how to pay attention to the people in our lives and what they need and being intentional, yes, it goes back to that effort. It takes a lot of effort and it does not always come natural, but it shows that person, I'm in the long game with you. And I know that this matters to you, so it matters to me. That's so good. And you hit the nail on the head because, I mean, it's almost like it's a relationship, right? It's no different than the love languages for spouses that we have to respect when somebody else has a different love language or a different expectation than we do. And we should expect our friends to have that respect for us as well. And and it does take, it ebbs and flows and it takes effort on that back and forth that we have to keep adjusting. We have to keep adjusting and trying new things and You know, if you came to me and said, hey, just like your friend did, I love that you love words of affirmation, but you know what? I'm a gifts girl. (laughs) (laughs) I love giving gifts. I love receiving gifts. Uh, I mean, you wouldn't continue to write to them. (laughs) You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? You wouldn't continue to write Mm -hmm. cute cards and letters and say, well, you just have to love me for how I like, you know, you just have Mm -hmm. to do things my way. You would expect them to adjust and and they would expect you to adjust. And that's all a part of it. If if the adjustment is within that boundary that still works for us, it's still healthy. It just takes effort. Yeah. It all takes effort, but it's so worth it when you look back on it. And when you have people in your life that make your life as full as it is, that effort feels like a drop in the hat. But speaking on effort, This is something I just thought of that I want to talk to you about. Jansen is my role model in goal setting. She is the goal setting queen. She is so good about knowing what she wants and how she's going to work for it and then celebrating it when she achieves it. And it is such a beautiful process to get to be a part of because we all need that. But I don't know that a lot of us know how to do that. So when Jansen and I first met, we probably knew each other maybe six months And we knew each other back in college, but when we really knew each other and were friends, it was probably about six months. And she surprised me over a coffee date with a Cultivate What Matters journal and gifting me with the space to set my goals for a year. And that journal 
I am not one to sit down and put time into planning. And that I, I love planning, but when it comes to personal planning, I'm like, I got to keep moving. I don't have time to look at me and personal development. I don't have time for that. But the amazing thing was Jansen didn't know it and I didn't know it, but she gifted me that journal in 2019. It was the end of 2018. And that year was one of the most transformative years of my life. And now I have the gift of not only having something to reference to see how I navigated in the journey throughout that year, but also having Jansen as a friend to spur me on and and walk alongside me with it. So Jansen, I would really, really enjoy if you would share with our community a little bit about how you use that goal setting mentality with your friendships because I know you've talked to me about this before and how every year you are hyper intentional about the people that you want to invest in and anything you want to share on that with your process or with how that's blessed you with taking time to invest in yourself and others through that. I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. First of all, I think it all boils down to being the type of friend that you would want to have. And with me, one of my goals for 2018 was I was living in California with my husband. Um, We had been there for about a year and, you know, it was really tough. It was really tough. I didn't have a lot of friendships there in California. We really were planted emotionally still in Oklahoma, which looking back was a total mistake. Like that's a rookie mistake if you move somewhere to, (laughs) you know, just be so emotionally invested in the place that you left. But one thing I did that year was I said, I want to go deep with friendships and I want to build intentional relationships the best that I can, even if they're not in person. And so what I did was on my goal planning sheet, I made a list of seven relationships and seven's a big number. If you're going to start from scratch, I highly recommend you doing like two or three. Seven was overzealous, but I made a list of seven people that I really wanted to go deep with in relationship. And I told myself, I'm going to commit three months, 90 days to going deep with these people. I'm going to work my butt off to connect with them. I'm going to, you know, continually check in with them. I am going to put in the work. And of course you are all my top seven. And I just said to myself every week, I had a little checkpoint that I had to be able to say in order to check the box. And for an Enneagram three, like me, you have to, you have to check the box. Okay. If you don't, you will develop a tick and you will explode (laughs) and die. Like you have to check the box. Can't put it better. So I made a list of the seven people and I said, every week I, in order to check the box, I have to touch base with all of those seven people. And that can be through, Um, text, a phone call, a FaceTime, an in-person meeting, a Marco Polo, which I love and highly recommend for friendships. We will get to later, but I had to touch base with all seven people. And at the end of three months, at the end of that quarter, I took inventory and I looked at those seven relationships and I'm not going to lie. I think three of them naturally weeded themselves out. Like I really put in the work and I didn't feel like they put it in return. And I, I wasn't spiteful about it. I wasn't mad. I just looked up and said, okay, God, thank you for the clarity. That's, those, those are not my people right now for this season. 
And so I continued to go deep with the people who I really felt wanted a deeper relationship and friendship with me. And what's funny is a few people popped up in that three-month season that, that I didn't see coming, mm-hmm. right? Like they, they were new. The Lord brought them into my life or he brought them back around or maybe they were the ones who really initiated and worked hard at our friendship. And I looked up and realized, oh my gosh, that they came in and replaced some of the people who didn't want to be there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it just, it's a natural process and it really is a a natural selection type thing where it all works itself out. But that is one thing, how I used my goals to really dive deep. And um, just also, let me just say this, uh, putting yourself out there, making it a goal to get uncomfortable on a pretty regular basis. And I think that means you know, telling yourself that you're going to go do things once a month, that you're going to go to a meetup or that you're going to go do a yoga class or um, some sort of networking event. If you are putting yourself out there and really making it known with your attitude, with your smile, with the way that you approach people, with how you put yourself out there, if you tell the world that you are open for friendships, people will know people are attracted to positive. And if what you're really wanting in your life is positive people and you're putting out that positive energy, you will get it back. Like no doubt. Yeah. I can't agree more. I I love the examples that you use for ways to initiate new friendships. It can be joining a gym or a yoga studio. It can be, I know we've talked about the tone it up app before in the community there, or maybe it's with your career. Or if you have a dog, they do meetups for different types of dogs, rescues, or a certain breed. There's so many ways to get involved and put yourself out there to be around other people. It just takes that courage to say yes. And I think what you find when you do that is that, that you're surrounded by a lot of other people that are looking for that too. And that said that same, yes, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone and go to this thing. And then you see other people that did it too. And that unknown or any fears or anxiety just fade away when you realize you're in good company. And then all of a sudden you're surrounded by other people that put in the effort. And those are the type of people you want to be surrounded by is people that want to invest in friendship. You nailed it. I want to talk about friendship within the context of marriage for a second and not so much being friends with your spouse, but I'd love to talk about how strong friendships outside of your marriage can contribute to marriage. So having people in your life that sharpen you and that are your girls, like how I feel about you and how that empowers you to invest in your marriage and to be the best wife you can be, just the support that friendships can bring to strengthen your marriage. Do you have anything that you would want to share about that? Oh yeah. Well, I've, I've been very clear with you, with the community, with my own blog writing. I'm very, very clear that um, our marriage has not been perfect. Our marriage has been very hard fought. We've, we've really been through the ringer just because I think we experienced like the top four out of five, you know, transitions, like life transitions within the first month we were married, you know, like we, we moved, we got new jobs, we moved out away from our parents, like we got married, there were all of these things that changed all at once. And we kind of just jumped in the deep end. And we have 
we have just really struggled at times. And something that's been really important for me, every good, good friend that I have is not team Jansen. They are team Miller. They are team Jansen and Sean. And while I know they love me more than my husband. No, just (laughs) kidding. But while I know that they are my best friend, they ultimately are cheering for my marriage. You know, they, they believe that the Lord can really redeem anything. You know, all, all of my friendships are pretty spiritual and they do, they do believe that, that marriage is a gift, that it is a covenant. And even at our hardest times, they are never the ones saying, oh, if it gets hard, just jump ship. No, they're the ones saying, keep fighting, keep striving, keep remember why the Lord placed you in this position. Keep remembering that perseverance builds character. And they're the ones cheering for my marriage in that way. So that even when I'm weak, they're strong mm-hmm. or they have my back in that. And I think that's really important that it's, it's different if you're in a situation in a relationship that's unhealthy, like very, very unhealthy. That is a totally different scenario. Uh, we don't want to be the friends that keep friends in violent positions in their relationships. That's never the case. We never want to keep people small and unsafe. But really when it comes down to the difficulties of relationships, the emotional difficulties, the transitions, the hurts, the unmet expectations. We have to be friends who are speaking into our friends by asking, what would the Lord want me to tell this person? How would Jesus want me to approach this situation? And and I know that my friendships, and I know that your friendships as well, always approach them from that situation of, I know things are difficult. I understand where you're coming from, but man, I also want to speak life and truth into you that you can do hard things, that the Lord has placed you in this position to prosper you and not harm you. And that no matter how difficult things can be, that I've got your back and we will work through them and I'm going to pray for you and we're going to fight together. And so that's been something that's really huge because I think we ultimately have to guard our hearts. And I've really experienced this through work relationships. Um, You know, we spend so much time at work and while I have always loved the women and men that I've worked with, we have to be careful when it comes to our marriage of who we allow to speak life into us, you know, of of the voices that we allow inside our brains. Because if we don't know that they have the best interest, interest of our marriage at heart, we can't really allow them to have an opinion because if we're already feeling weak, if we're already feeling vulnerable, those that will, those words, their words that maybe don't have the best intentions will seep into those cracks and they will expand. The cracks in our marriage that might've already been there will expand and they will get deeper and they will start festering. And so we just have to be very careful about the friendships and the opinions that we allow into the space of our marriage Mm -hmm. because ultimately we have to protect it. Yeah. I heard Jenny Allen say one time that she and her husband pick three people and it may be a couple, it may be an individual, it may be a family member, but at the start of every year, they identify three people that get to have a say because they are people that see their world, that see their life and they're allowed to have an opinion and influence and 
speak truth over them because they are in the thick of it with them. And I heard that through her and it challenged me to think about that because she even noted they're different each year, depending on our season, depending on what's going on in our world, the people that have influence over us change. And it's kind of like the people you pick at the beginning of the year. But who are those people that I'm going to invest in and let see what's going on in my world, what I'm struggling with, what we're excited about, the opportunities we have. And then they get to speak truth into us because we trust them and it's a safe place. That's a great point. I love that. I would love to like get specific about how to initiate new friendships. Cause I know that so many women at the Wheatful Woman event were like, give me details, give me logistics. <laughs> yes. Yes. I didn't even note that at the beginning of this episode and this show, but if you all came to Wheatful Woman event last year, you got to be a part of Jansen's workshop and it was a cultivate your purpose workshop. And it started with Jansen dancing on the stage and inviting everybody to join her. And she had told me she was going to do that. And I thought, there is no way. There's no way. I should have known better. Jansen's up there like, all right, we are going to get loose and we're going to grow here. It's going to be fun. And we're just going to, we're going to wiggle out any of the stiffness that we have in us. And she led this workshop and the response of these women And the eagerness and the curiosity that they had coming off of that workshop was the most powerful thing to get to see in person. And I know that happens individually as you listen to podcast episodes or you read Jansen's blog, you get this motivation within you. But to see a room full of women that all had that and shared it at the same time was so impactful. And I hope this conversation can be a continuation of that especially for women that were at Weepful Woman event last year. But yes, let's dive into that. What does that look like? What does that look like? I'm just going to leave it there and let you talk. I think it's important to know specifically how to initiate new friendships. Because I know a lot of people, if you're like me, you listen to the generalities, you listen to the overall why behind something. Like we know why it's important to have female friendships and to be authentic and to have that freedom in our relationships, but then I want to get down to the how, right? I I want to skip everything else. And I'd be like, tell me how to do it. I need new friendships. I need good friendships. And so some quick ideas, first of all, technology is, is underrated. Okay. If you are freaked out in thinking that you, like, if you look around your small town America, and I don't care if you have 25 people in your town and 23 of them are over the age of 80. Okay. Like, I have to tell you, technology is underrated. It is your friend because no matter where you are in the entire world, we live in the most connected day and age. There is no excuse why you cannot find a good friend digitally. So Facebook groups, okay, when I moved to California with Sean, the first thing I did was join a local community group for a specific workout group. Okay. So I didn't even do those workouts. Like I was a total sham, but I knew these women are going to be working out. They're going to be interested in hiking and biking and walking and, you know, maybe going and having a meal together. Like these are people that have things in common with me. I really made a list of what do I like to do? And then I built my friendships around them. And so I joined those Facebook groups and I I still keep in touch with a few of those girls. Also, Bumble BFF. Did you even know this was a thing? I didn't until you told me. 
Okay. I haven't dug into it, but I know you're a big fan. I, I just, I'm like, this is so genius. Why didn't I think of this? Like, oh my gosh, she's a genius. So Bumble BFF. Um, hello. How many people have met boyfriends on like Bumble, right? Like Bumble is the go-to for females make the first move. If you want a dating app, Bumble is really high up in the space. Well, they have a Bumble BFF where you can create a profile and pick out things that you like to do or things that interest you. And then it matches you with friends in your area that have similar interests. That's bananas. Okay. That's like a go-to. So Bumble BFF, I highly recommend it. Also, if you are on Instagram and you are following somebody who you think to yourself, I would like to be friends with that person. Now, like, I'm not saying if you like follow, like, you know, Jen Hatmaker, or, like Jordan Lee Dooley, like I, they're probably not going to become your best friends. But if you are following somebody with a reasonable amount of followers, okay, that is kind of like you and kind of in a similar season. And I mean, reach out, like send them a direct message, send them a DM and just be like, Hey girl, I want you to know you are killing it. I love every thing you post. And you know what? I would just like to be your friend. Okay. Like, I just think you're the coolest. Put yourself out there. Okay. It, I would say nine times out of 10, they'll at least respond with something kind. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. you know, maybe they'll blow you off, but that's the worst that can happen. Secondly, so technology is one. Can Two, I speak into that before you move on? Yes, I have something please. That I want to say really quick. So as she's saying that, if anybody's like me, I'm thinking, ooh, but that's awkward. Ooh, but that's vulnerable. I'm not sure I want to do that. And I just want to put this into a relatable light for anybody that's feeling that way for a second. That's how Jansen and I became friends. That is exactly how we became friends. And to this day, I tell people, Jansen is so near and dear to me because she had the courage to do something that I would have never had the courage to do. And now she's my best friend. So in quick context, we went to college together. We had a couple classes together. I think we were in a group project together maybe, but we didn't even have each other's phone numbers. We weren't close in college. We were in different circles. We just had class together. Well, after college, Jansen sends me a Facebook message and says, hey, I see you've started a business and I want to hear about it. Next time I'm in town, let's grab coffee. And I remember thinking, yeah, yeah, I remember Jansen. Yeah, let's do it. So we grab coffee. We start hanging out. She starts writing devotionals for Wheaton Honey Co. She invests in our friendship. She sent me a book. I remember getting a book in the mail from her thinking, I have never had a friend just listen and send me something to make my life fuller. So I share all those things because I don't need to share the rest. You all know the rest. We become great friends. We work very closely together. She's a part of the Wheat Woman event. She's a part of this podcast. She's a part of everything we do at Wheat and Honey. And we're also really, really good friends. So I just want to encourage you if you listen to that and you think a DM, sending someone a Facebook message. And I know that we had a class in college together, but we were not friends. Would you say that, Jansen? We did not have a a friendly, familiar relationship at all. It was just, were we in, did you go to OU? Oh yeah. Yeah. We went to school together and we had to remind ourselves. So just don't be afraid to reach out if you want, whether it's business or it's about their profession or it's about maybe somewhere they volunteer or they have a rescue dog. Let's grab a cup of coffee. I'd love to hear more about that. 
And then all of a sudden that awkwardness just falls away because that person's going to receive that as this girl is cool. She had the courage to send me that so we could talk about it. Mm. And it's so true. Like, I mean, I'm a full on stalker girl. Okay. Like if I think that you're (laughs) you're cool, I'm going to invest in you like period. And so I just, that's one of those things you you hit the nail on the head. The only reason why we knew of each other is because we were in a group project and we were in a weird day and age where Facebook was the new hot thing. And you added everyone and their mother on Facebook. Like you didn't, you didn't deny friend request like we do today. Okay. Like I've got a cool pool of people sitting in my friend requests that I haven't touched in years, but this was a day and age when you accepted everyone, which is Mm -hmm. why we were friends on Facebook. And because of our group. And so ultimately, like I said, what, if you see someone who you think is doing a cool thing, who you think is doing what you're interested, what you want to do, if you want to hear more about it, don't just come out and be like, tell me, tell me, tell me. I mean, you want to give, 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 ask, right? It's like the jab, jab, jab hook. I mean, you want to give first. You want to make sure that you are pouring into people first. So saying like, Hey, what you're doing is so cool. I just want you to know, like, I've got your back. What can I do for you? Like, make sure you're giving value to friendships before you ask what they can do for you. But it just don't be scared. And no matter where you meet people, I think it's important to know that everyone is just as uncomfortable as you are. That is something that Lauren, from the time in college, I always asked her, how do you know everyone in this town? Okay. I, as much as I sound like a social butterfly, I am the most awkward person in groups. I am what I like to call, um, a, a close knit extrovert, which means if I trust you, if we are in an intimate setting, I'm going to thrive. If I'm in a classroom, a large group, I'm naturally going to want to shut down. Okay. I'm probably going to come up with an excuse and like say that I'm sick and not even go in the first place. Because I naturally am an introvert. And so I just want you to know that no matter where you go or what you do, everyone is just as uncomfortable as you are. So there's no reason not to put yourself out there. Make the first move because ultimately you'll be shocked at how many cool people you meet when you are the first one to approach them. Because like when in doubt, lead with a compliment, right? Say, hey, I just, I love that dress on you that color is great. (laughs) Like that compliment goes so long or like in our case, Hey, you look like you are running a really cool business. I just want you to know that I'm cheering you on. Okay. Like those are so simple, but we underestimate how uncomfortable other people are. We just think that they are the coolest and that we feel like awkward little, you know, turtle babies, like just wanting to shrink back in our shells, but everyone else is just as uncomfortable as we are. So there's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't be the one to walk up to somebody or send them a message on Instagram or to walk up to a stranger on the street and be like, girl, your hair is banging today. I just want you to know. And take it from me, you will have women that look at you like your hair's on fire. Like when when you decide to step into this realm to like truly be brave and to find great friendships. Like if you are stepping out and saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do me (laughs) because I want to find good people. You will come across people that look at you like you're crazy or roll their eyes at you or that, you know, kind of do that. I'm too cool for you thing. Okay. 
those are not your people. And I hope I'm not speaking too loud right now because I'm just so passionate about this. Let me just tell a quick story. Brittany, when you and I were supposed to meet for coffee in Dallas last year, we met at the cutest little bougie coffee shop. Okay, you can attest. You don't have to name drop the coffee shop. But we are in a high profile part of town. Pretty sure I was wearing a ball cap and tennis shoes. Okay, just rolled out of bed. And I'm waiting for you because the traffic was crazy. I had just ordered my coffee and there is this beautiful woman in this high dollar suit. Can't even tell you what the designer was because hi, I'm a country girl. And she's rocking like a great leather bag, some Louboutins. Like she is fierce. Me in all of my ball cap, no makeup, all over the place glory. I walk up to her and I'm like, girl, I just want you to know you look fierce today. Like you look great. She looks down, looks at me, shrugs and goes, thanks. Okay. Like what? She wasn't my people. Like it was just that easy. I gave a compliment. Okay. I put good out into the world. I said, Lord, here's my good. Go use it if you want to. She threw it right back at me. And you know what? I took my good and I went and used it on somebody else. Like that's no skin. Once you start doing this, once you start cultivating the habit of really treating people well and and really being open-minded to who you can be friends with, you will get so used to this practice that when somebody rejects it, it ain't no thing. Okay. So practice makes perfect when it comes to that. I didn't even know that happened. I walked in and I was stuck in traffic and frustrated. And you're probably like, I can't even put that on her today. <laughs> but good out. It came back to me and now it's yours. Yes. That was, that was a great coffee date. Jansen and I have always lived in different states, always. So we value our, our time together when we get to see one another in real life. But that's a testament too to friendships and how strong they can be over technology. Two of my very best friends do not live within two, three hours of me. And I talk to him almost every day. Take advantage and of that Marco Polo and FaceTime. Absolutely. That's what I was going to say. When in doubt, if you did not know what Marco Polo was before this podcast episode, you need to go look it up. It is a gem for friendships. Okay. Like I would say almost every single one of my good girlfriends is on Marco Polo because when in doubt, it is always better to see somebody's face. I mean, it's just, it's just a gift. So it is. I think it's also important to note, and I know we just talked about how to put yourself out there, whether it be in person or upper technology, but if you're looking to really go deeper in your area, I highly recommend a few things. So one would be networking groups. So to find a networking group within your profession or life season, you know, if you're a stay-at-home mom, there are a ton of stay-at-home mom groups out there. If you are an empty nester, you you know, there are groups for that. If you are in advertising, there are specific groups of networking groups. Um, Something that I just recently did that I recommend is I joined a mastermind of of women, of female entrepreneurs. And that was really life-giving for me because while there were women of all different ages, we were all in different seasons. But we ultimately had the same goal in mind, which was to grow our business. And so being able to meet with those women, whether that be at a co-working space or 
Um, if you have a group from church, if you have a community group, if you need to find a community group, go to your pastor, go ask them to hook you up with people. Okay. Like pastors know everybody or they're supposed to in their church. (laughs) So if you go to a pastor or you go to the head of a women's ministry, or you do those sorts of things, they will know almost off the top of their head, oh, you need to meet so-and-so. Like, even if that person is just a connector, there are certain people on this earth who are connectors, who are here to connect good people with good people. And no matter where you go, if you are being intentional about making those connections, you, you will find a connector who will point you in the direction of somebody or some group that you need to be with. So when in doubt, just really put your neck out and go try new things. It's always worth it. It's always worth it. And as Jansen shared, even when someone else is not open to it, the fact that you tried and that you were kind to them always impacts that person in some way, even when they leave you feeling icky. Even when somebody goes, uh, thanks to your compliment, it may sting a little. I know it would for me. Like, man, I tried to be nice. Why was she so ugly? But that impacted that person's day and taught them something. Even if they were in the middle of a ton of things, a lot of times we misreceive information. There's a lot of miscommunication and maybe it came off some way it wasn't intended to. But I believe that when you put good out into the world and when you are kind to people and you see people, it is always going to leave them better than how you found them. And it is always worth being kind and having a quick conversation with anybody we encounter, even if it's a smile, because that might be the only smile they see all day. Or Jansen might have been the only woman in a month that said something nice to that woman. So if we can anticipate that we may not always get a new best friend out of every compliment we give, but instead do it with the intention of, I just want to leave this person better than I found them. We're never going to be disappointed. Amen. Put that on a t-shirt. That's good stuff. (laughs) Oh, this is so fun, Jansen. It's so fun. I could go for another hour. We're going to have to have Jansen back. We can talk about all the things here. But as we're wrapping up, Jansen, I always think about at the end of interviews, the woman that's listening and what she might be thinking and feeling and processing where she is, if she's doing dishes or taking a walk or folding laundry on her way to work and opportunities for our guest to speak directly to these ladies. And as we're talking about friendships, I'm thinking there's probably a woman out there that this maybe was emotional to listen to because it's allowed her to realize either how much her friends mean to her or gosh, I really want a friend. I would love for you to empower either of those women by sharing a tip for them of how you invest in your friendships and maybe something that they could apply today or this week or this month to a friendship that they have or someone they want to invest in. What's something that you do that you could leave with them that's practical and something that they could take with them? Mm. Well, that's about it. I'm going to say it's a two-sided. So one, if you look at your friendships and you're just eaten up with gratitude, okay? If you just think to yourself, wow, I have the best friends in the world. Go tell them that, right? There's, I think we, we really discount how much our words mean. And that, that goes back to the whole conversation of caring and really putting more good out into the world. But write them a card, send them a text, call them, 
make it a calendar reminder to do this on a regular basis to really invest in your friendships because ultimately guys like friendships are one of the greatest gifts we can ever have especially if they're healthy we should feel more energized and alive when we get off a phone call than we should ever enter it and so while not every friendship is perfect most of the time they should be pretty dang life-giving so go invest, go spend that time. It will always be worth it. If you are listening to this podcast and you say to yourself, um, I have friends, but they aren't the type of friends that I'm hearing about, right? Because I think we've all been there. We take inventory of our friendships. I love the saying that we are the sum of the top five people we hang out with. Well, I think we've all been at a place in our life where we take an inventory of those five people and we go, wow, um, they're not up in my average here. I mean, that's right. You're the average of the top five people you hang out with. But if you realize that your average is not very high because your people either aren't investing in you or they're really negative, or maybe they are just putting you down and making you feel really bad, I would invite you to do two things before you ever just ditch a friendship. <laughs> Don't ever just ghost, okay? I Give everyone give everyone the room to grow. I mean, I would hope that if I was in a, in a place in my life that I was maybe unhealthy before someone really discounted or counted me out, I, I would want the opportunity to rebound. I would want the opportunity to get better and to learn from it. And so if you're in a point to where you have friendships that aren't super life-giving for you, I would really invite you to have hard conversations And it's hard. Okay. I'm a middle child. I hate conflict. It makes me nauseous, but there is a way that we can call our friendships out in love and without judgment. And so something I recommend, if you need to have a hard conversation before you do anything, take it to the Lord. This is key. I mean, do not unleash while you're angry that nine times out of 10, that will not end well. Take it to the Lord first. And there's the verse in Matthew 7 talking about taking the plank out of your own eye before you point out a speck in another. And so before you have that hard conversation, really ask the Lord if there's anything you need to repent for in that friendship. Because that's going to be key for, for communication to lead from that place of humility to say, hey, I realize I'm not perfect in this friendship. Here, here's what I need to ask forgiveness for. Here's what I need to own up to in our friendship. And, and you do that very humbly. And then you go in with honesty and you lead with love and you say, Here, here's what I'm feeling. This, this, is really, this is really how I'm feeling and I'm not feeling good. And there's something that Brene Brown always talks about when it comes to having hard conversations is starting any sentence with, the story I'm telling myself is blank. Because this helps break down the understanding that you're owning, hey, this is my perspective, but I realize that that could be different than your reality. So what you're saying in a non-threatening way is the story I'm telling myself is that I'm the only one who invests in this friendship, that you don't care about me. The story I'm telling myself is that you don't respect me or you don't want to be friends with me. And then ask them, am I hearing that right? Or am I just telling myself that? Or, or what do you think? And just leave it open-ended so that it's non-defensive, it's non-threatening, and you're still coming in with love. 
And then no matter how, no matter how the conversation goes, and this is going to sound really blunt, (laughs) but I've been called blunt many times, especially in dating, but (laughs) go into it, go into each of these hard conversations, knowing it's a win-win because either they address the issue and they, you know, allow you to say your truth and you grow from it, which one of my dearest friendships in the world, honestly, was in a really bad place a couple years ago. And after a few times of being upset with her and with us having some issues in our friendship, we sat down, we had an adult conversation. It was a hard conversation, but I told her that I loved her, but that ultimately, if, if these decisions kept being made that made me feel disrespected or discounted, that we would not end up being friends in the long run. And I was just, I, I did it out of love, but I did it from a space of, I don't feel loved from you. And here's why. And we are now closer than we've ever been. That conversation took us to a whole nother level of friendship. I, I don't even want to go back to where we were when we were healthy before that hard conversation, because it's not even close to where we are now. So win-win being either the, the friendship will improve and you will find fruit from the new friendship, or you'll free yourself up to find somebody who will truly prioritize you and your friendship. And so if, if you're listening to this and you say, oh my gosh, what do I do now? I would invite you to have hard conversations. And then if it does come time where you have to reevaluate, you might just need to free yourself up, free your time up, free your energy up so that you can go out there and find those friendships like we were talking about that you can go put yourself out there and tell God, I'm ready. I'm ready to invest in people. I'm ready to be more positive. I'm ready to be surrounded by positive people. Lord, I'm ready. Use me, put me out there, and I'm ready to be the love Jesus that you have for me and that I can show to other people. And so I know that was a long-winded answer, but that's kind of the two, the two answers I would have for either the woman who has great friendships or the one who doesn't. I am so thankful for you. I am so, so thankful. And this conversation has covered so many things that are so near and dear to my heart. And friendship is something that we're obviously passionate about. And we want for every woman that listens to this. And my hope and prayer is that there was something that was shared today that every single one of us can take forward to love ourselves and other people well and live a life that we love. Jansen, thank you for being here. This was so, so good for me. And I'm excited to see what you do with this podcast. And honestly, I think we as women, we need more of these honest conversations and just the space to really walk out our unique purpose and to, to just be who God made us to be. I think that's what it boils down to. It's We are our best when we are being the women that God created us to be. And I love that you're creating a space that helps us to grow in that space. It all started with with you spurring me on. So I give a lot of credit to Jansen. And I I always say this about all the business endeavors I've ever had, but it's all about trusting that God will put the right people in the right place at the right time. And Jansen's one of my friendships that both personally and professionally has led this community to where we are. And it is so special to me that you're here today. So thank you again. I love you so, so much. And I'll make sure to put a bunch of this stuff in the show notes for you guys so that you know where to find Jansen, you know where to get plugged in to read her blog and just to access some of these resources that we've mentioned. 
throughout our conversation. But thanks, Jansen. Thank you so much. Want to know where you can get plugged in with Jansen? You can find her online at jansenjollymiller.com and emergechurchsolutions.com. You can also follow along on Instagram at Jansen Miller. Did you enjoy this episode? Would you hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, and share this podcast with a girlfriend? A great way to help us get the word out is by screenshotting this episode on your cell phone and tagging us at Wheatful Woman to your Instagram story. We'd love to hear your favorite parts of the show so we can keep creating episodes that show up to serve you. Thanks for tuning in and we can't wait to catch you next time.